You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 23 of Babes on Broad. I am one of your hosts, Sam Wilson, here with my newly engaged Sam Wilson. Yeah. (laughs) Here with my co-host, Jesse Town. We are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Um you obviously found our podcast, but make sure that you like it, that you review it, that you share it, tell everybody about it. One thing that helps with telling everybody about it is repping the babes on broad. So go to our design tree store, which is designtree.com slash babes on broad. You can rep us, tell everybody about us. And then if you want to go on our social media, like, share, tell people about us there, you have at babes on broad on every single social media platform, basically. And then I am at SamWills18 on Twitter and Instagram. And Jess is at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram and at RunThisTown with an E13 on Twitter. And now we can't get into it because all that mumbo jumbo is out of it. The Eagles do not have an offensive coordinator. We're still waiting. Every empty. The, this is like the third week in the row. It is. Actually, it might even be longer than that because I feel like we've said for two weeks – Hopefully next week we're not talking about an offensive coordinator. And here we are again talking about an offensive coordinator. They still don't have one. The rumor is that we will hear by the end of next week. So today we are recording on Thursday, January 30th. So hopefully by next week, the end of next week, February 7th, 6th, 7th, next week, we will hear who the offensive coordinator of the Eagles is. Um, You know, because we haven't heard yet, it kind of leads you to believe that it may or may not be somebody out of Kansas City or San Francisco. If it's anybody else and they just made us wait this long, I don't understand that. And also, if they make us wait for a stupid choice, I'm also going to be sad. Um, I did see somewhere that supposedly, I mean, it could just be like Eagles Twitter being like, calm down, but... Supposedly, Doug Peterson is taking the interviewing process extremely, like, crucial and tedious and going through all these rounds. And who knows? I have a theory that I've kind of mixed both those series that maybe the only people out of both the Niners and Kansas City that I really think would be Eric. How do you say his last name? Benenemy? Benenemy. I think. I don't know how you actually say it, but I think everybody knows. But that's how it's spelled, Benenemy. Yes. My theory is that maybe he's just thinks he's the best possible candidate, which is very Doug-like to wait for the best possible candidate and physically be told no from that candidate. So I just think maybe he's waiting for him and would like to interview him. And then if he can't get him, which most likely he won't, because why would the enemy leave Kansas City, a now Super Bowl contender, 
for a former former Super Bowl contender go from Pat Mahomes to Carson Wentz. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, the the, the lateral jump with still no play calling ability doesn't really make sense for, from those two teams, especially. Yeah. They're very similarly run teams. Doug Peterson is direct. It's a coaching yeah, trait. It, it's exactly yeah. there. Two high caliber quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes obviously won the MVP last year. Mm-hmm. They're in the Super Bowl this year. For a lateral move, it really doesn't doesn't make that much sense to me why the enemy would do it. Jim Caldwell's name's still out there. He still hasn't uh, gone anywhere else. If they make us wait this long and hire Jim Caldwell, I don't really understand the theory behind that. The other Besides person, maybe health tests, do you think that could be a reason? Possibly. There were health trying, questions. I don't know. Yeah, and kind of trying to figure that out there. The other name that's kind of been tossed around over the last couple days is Mike LaFleur, who is the brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, and he's a coordinator He's the passing game coordinator in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. but he's been with Kyle Shanahan since he came into the league. He was an intern with him at the Browns, followed him then to the Falcons, and was an assistant there on the offense when they went to the Super Bowl. Then he followed him out to San Francisco. He was the wide receivers coach and passing game coordinator for a while until, or for the last couple years until this year when they brought Wes Welker in to be the wide receivers coach. But there was a a quote that was in a was in a uh, story a little bit ago. Um, about the 49ers run game coordinator, Mike McDaniel, kind of talking about you know different things within the, the 49ers coaching staff. And one of the quotes is, a year ago, Kyle Shanahan just denied permission to Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur, or Mike LaFleur, excuse me, to leave for coordinator positions with Arizona and Green Bay, respectively. Those jobs did not include play calling duties. Shanahan reasons that they are already his coordinators. You know, hmm. because they're not calling plays again, you know, they're hmm. not calling plays here. So I don't know. We talked about this earlier. Can they block it if the season's over? I don't know about that. I know they can in season, obviously. I don't know if coaches have a contract, like if it's anything like a player. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. Teams can interview any assistant coaches from other teams who are not in the playoffs. They must, however, request permission if a coach is under contract with another team. Okay. Teams can block a candidate from interviewing for a position that would be a lateral move, but can't stop assistant coaches from interviewing for a, promotion, a position that is a promotion. Hmm. If it's still a lateral move, they can still block it. So Andy would probably block. Yeah, because didn't they block? They blocked. Who did they block? Uh, they, Kafka. They just denied the interview request, I think, at this point. Because yeah. he's still on a contract. Yeah, and they were still they're still in yeah yeah season. So I mean they can they can request again after the season's over. They can still block it. Yeah, yeah depending they, on his contract. Yeah. So yeah. I I mean the team can just block him. You know if he's still under contract, the team can just block him across the board from being able to interview with them. They don't have to request permission from the team. They can just block him. It, this is all stupid to me. In reality, let a coach be able to choose where he wants to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. If somebody wants to come to Philly, let him come to Philly. Who cares? Obviously you care, but I'm saying, like, let him do him. That's actually an interesting point. I wonder if they do, the coaches themselves get any sort of say in yeah. blocking or not blocking. They're like, oh, no, like, I would like to go there. Or, yeah, I'm open to interviewing for that position. Or, no, block me. I don't Because, wanna... like, if, to say, like, if the enemy did not have Pat Mahomes and had a, just a basic quarterback, I don't know. Like a Trubisky, but it was still working over there. Obviously, he's a good candidate, whatever. Mm-hmm. He would definitely have incentive then to want to work with Carson Wentz over of Mitch Trubisky. You know what I sure. mean? So, like, he should have a say in if he wanted to make that lateral move. It's, I don't know. It's weird to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Either way, <clears throat> the Eagles don't have an offensive coordinator. Uh, they do not have a wide receivers coach. 
They are rumored to have a secondary coach, however. Hmm. Interestingly enough, they uh, got <clears throat> the guy who was formerly um, with the Falcons, Manuel. He plays in Corey Unlin, who was with... Actually, I didn't realize Corey Unlin had been here since Chip Kelly. He'd oh, wow. He'd yeah. been here for a while. But he was the secondary coach when the um, Falcons were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago when they had that phenomenal, phenomenal defense, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal secondary. So could be interesting to see kind of what he um, brings. Alito Shepard ha- talked very highly about him, so maybe he could bring a little bit more... Um, intensity to that group. Now, again, who yeah. knows who will be here with that group? That's a different story for a different day. But I yeah. like that hiring. It is yet to be, I think, confirmed by the Eagles. I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it confirmed. So I think they're. I think they're probably trying to announce them all at once. Probably. So they're likely. getting all their ducks in a row, and they we'll did see. lose somebody. Andrew Barry. They lost. Supposedly become the new GM of the Browns. Yep. So, what was his position here? VP of... Vice President of Football Operations. Yeah, so he's moving on. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll see. <laughs> maybe the Eagles will hire people. Maybe we'll hear about it. Maybe not. Maybe they'll just Maybe go. we'll step in. Yeah. You, know, you can be the can. offensive coordinator. Yeah, right? I'll be the wide receiver coach. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see anything... You know what? After some of the things that happened last year, I think we could do a better job than that. True that. To be completely honest. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more um, about everything that's kind of happened this week. And, you know, we would be completely remiss if we didn't talk about um, the tragedy with Kobe Bryant. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Welcome back. So obviously this week was one of the toughest weeks in the sports world in a long, long time, probably mm-hmm. since we've been alive, right? Yeah, probably one of the one of the toughest, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and it's not even just you know, from a sports perspective. Uh, you know, there's so many different things to go into it, and you know, Sam and I felt like it was you know pretty much it, it was you know we're with Bleeding Green Nation, which is you know in an Eagles network, but you know her, Sam and I talk about all the sports in Philadelphia, and this is primarily an Eagles show, but we really felt it necessary to kind I of mean, have this be the focus, this and week. it is. He was a top Eagles fan, you know, yeah. so it goes along with it. Yeah, he was an Eagles fan. And, you know, not only just honoring, you know, and and grieving the loss of a global icon in Kobe Bryant and, you know, also his daughter, but also, you know, the three members of the Altabelli family, John Kerry and Alyssa, um, the the pilot, Ara Zabayan and, you know, Peyton and Sarah Chester and Christina Mouser, who were all on the plane as well and lost their lives. Um, you know, it, it was really a loss that, that not just shook the entire sports world, but shook the entire world as a whole. And, you know, Kobe was not only a sports icon, but he, he was a global icon. He was a basketball player. He was a writer. He was a producer, a friend, a teammate, a brother, a son, a husband. But I think most importantly, he was a father. And I think that's kind of what everyone is identifying with the most throughout this tragedy is it was, it was families that lost loved ones and it was families that had members passed together and lost members together. And additionally, now the stories, especially about Kobe, um, as a father that have come out and, you know, the video of them sitting courtside at the Nets game a couple in December mm-hmm. that went viral is so much more, it, it's so much bigger now and it means so much more now. And the video from last year when he's talking to Jimmy Kimmel and about, you know, that, someone yeah. saying that he, him and Vanessa should have a try again, have a son and to carry on the legacy. And she's like, no, 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 no. That, that's me. Yeah. Like, I, I got it. It's fine. But, you know, the, the one that stuck out the most and the one that 
everyone is talking about um, is L. Duncan's story about Kobe being a, a girl dad, which is now trending on all social media mm-hmm. platforms, which I think is really, really awesome that everyone's kind of, you know, taken to that and, and shared their stories there. And, you know, the worst part about it, I think, is, you know, tragedies happen. It, it's very hard to understand why. There's, there's no explanation for something like this, losing a parent, losing a sister, losing someone so close to you like that, a husband. Um, but in order to be able to move on, the best thing to be able to do is to find something good that can potentially come out of that, um, and come out of such an unexplainable tragedy. And, you know, right now that's kind of to realize that, that life is so short and really to take that extra second to, to hug your kids or your parents or your siblings and, you know, never hang up the phone without saying, I love you. Don't go to bed angry with your significant other. Don't drive away. If you're in a fight with someone, don't get in your car and leave to, you know, take space to calm down, figure it out because you never know what can happen. And, you know, if this tragedy forces everyone in the world to really self-reflect on how they treat other humans, whether they be family or not, that's something positive that can come out of such a terrible, terrible time. And I know that it's absolutely horrible to for something like this to have to happen for some people to take time to think that extra second about, for example, you know, a, a, a parent, a, you know, a, a stereotypical guy's guy parent who mm-hmm. is excited to help their sons with sports and, you know, might not want to take their daughter to dance class or a daughter comes up and says, Daddy, let me paint your nails. And they're like, no, 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 no. I think this is something that's really going to kind of change that mentality for a lot of people and not just not just for, you know, dads in that situation, yeah. but I think everyone to just kind of reflect on the shock that we all felt when we heard that this happened. You know, people always talk about how they remember exactly where they were when they heard that Michael Jackson died. Yeah. This is another one of those things. Yeah, I will too. Yeah, for sure. Like I was sitting on my couch watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary when I got the t- a text message from somebody that Kobe, d- I, I will never forget that. Mm-hmm. For me personally, you know, we're from Philly. We're Philly people. We're Philly fans. For me personally, I mean, I grew up hating Kobe Bryant. He was the ultimate villain, you know? And I remember being a little kid watching the NBA finals in 2001 and being devastated that Allen Iverson did not win an NBA championship. I Dikembe Mutombo was like one of my favorite human beings when I was a child. I just thought his name was cool. But so I loved watching and I was just so sad that they didn't win. And it was all because of this guy, Kobe Bryant, who, you know, was from Philly, but went out to LA and, you know, just, just so many crazy things. But then it was, wasn't until when I got older, when I was in, you know, high school and college and started really appreciating basketball as a sport, not just as a Philly mm-hmm. fan. And when I started to pay attention to this and learn more about Kobe and his talent and what he's done. And at that point, he was at the back end of his career. He was injured more than the Lakers were not very good um, from that point on. And we'll always know his basketball legacy, but he, I think, still had so much more to kind of he he was still doing oh, yeah. so many more things and not even just him. It's also, you know, the three young girls who mm-hmm. didn't even get to start living their yeah. life yet. And these people who have lost parents and everyone still had on that plane still had so much more to, to do and accomplish. And it's just so heartbreaking. And, you know, your thoughts and prayers and all of your love goes out to all of the families of the people impacted by this awful, awful experience. You summed it up really well. That's the saddest part by far is just thinking about everything they had ahead of them. And like, it just 
comes to an end before it could even start. I mean, we've had a talk about it all week, and it's definitely been the hardest part of my career by far. Mm -hmm. I just, I could not even imagine, you know, it's just terrible. You know, you also just see how many lives he touched. You know, you see it through all the different, you know, kind of tributes that have happened throughout the NBA this week. And there was, there's not been one story that I've read or two minute clip of someone talking about him that I watched or tribute from an NBA team that hasn't made me cry. First, first of all, I thought the Sixers did a phenomenal job. They did. It was beautiful. Um, what the Sixers did was great. Especially I loved how they hometown. did the lower Marion high yep. school roots. The, yep. The, the lower Marion, that, that was, I mean, it, it, they did a wonderful job. I thought they did a really great job. Joel Embiid calling Bobby to ask if he could wear mm-hmm. the number 24. I thought that was amazing. Um, and Joel, you know, the whole, it's it, it I think Joel Embiid as a player and his story about Kobe really sums up what Kobe was to some people. Like think about it. He was in, he was a teenager in Cameroon and he had never played basketball. He'd never seen basketball and then he saw Kobe Bryant play. And that's what made him want to play basketball and look at where he is now and look at what he's doing mm-hmm. now and look at how important he is to the Sixers franchise right now. And I thought his line was great that he was either, you know, I was either going to play basketball or not be a volleyball player or a doctor or president of his yeah, country. Right? I still funny? think he could do all of them. But that's Oh, yeah. Me. He could definitely go back and be president of Cameroon. <laughs> but, is you it know, president of Cameroon or president of Africa? I'd be president of Cameroon. Okay. I just think that is the perfect embodiment of, like, what Kobe Bryant meant to some people. And, you know, regardless of your opinions about Kobe and, you know, who he was in his earlier career and the things that he did and kind of what went on. And I know everyone has a different opinion on that. And that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, but I really think he, he did kind of, gr- he really grew as a person and especially having daughters. He really grew into a, an extremely supportive person and an inclusive person. And he continued to work on not only himself, but making, the world a better place for his daughters to be able to grow up in and do whatever they wanted in. And I, you know, that's something that, you know, as a female in a, in an industry that's predominantly male, you do have to work a little bit harder to Mm -hmm. get where you want to go. That's something that I can relate to and appreciate from him and what he did post basketball. Yeah. You took everything that needed to be said. I don't, it's literally emotionally exhausting. Like yeah. even because it hits you that hard mm-hmm. and it's crazy because it's nine people you didn't even know. I mean, we have the local ties with Kobe and just the thought of everything else and how it's affecting their family, like drains you. But like not only hit me hard, it hit us all so hard. Like I found out when I was actually celebrating the engagement with my family and yeah. it, it like completely just consumed the entire day. Yeah. We had about an hour of like, yay. And then after that, it was just like, oh my gosh, everybody's locked in on their phones and it it took out the whole mood. You know, it was, it's so sad. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's, there are no words. I had no words Mm -mm. when I saw that. I mean, especially just after the night before the Sixers played the Lakers here, Mm -hmm. LeBron passed him for scoring. The timing of everything, like exactly what you just said, LeBron just passed him on the all time scoring list. And like, he did it in his hometown and Kobe's hometown. And then, Kobe tweeted congratulating him. Yeah, and then just the next morning that happens. And the timing is so eerie about all that. So that happened, and then, like, the two L.A. teams are supposed to play Tuesday. Like, so weird on the timing. It just makes it eerie and creepy. Yeah, and we're we're definitely – we're not going to kind of get – I mean, it, it's going to take long – and everyone's an individual amount of time 
for, you know, the closure on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the the NBA, you know, closure for the time being is really going to be all the teams have played except for the Lakers, I think, um, since then. So the Lakers are going to play. The Clippers haven't played either, right? I don't know. They were supposed to play the They're Lakers They were supposed to play Tuesday, Tuesday, but I don't know if the Clippers have played since. But No, actually the Lakers, they haven't because they both went back to practice yesterday for the first gotcha. time. Gotcha. So the Lakers play tomorrow night, um, tomorrow being Friday. They play and, you know, we'll kind of – that's that's going to yeah, be heart-wrenching. Will be, the Sixers one was hard enough oh, to watch, yeah. especially as, like, being a local. And yeah. it hit home. They did a beautiful job, like you said. But the Lakers one is – The Lakers one's going to be hard and – um. The, the Hall of Fame inductions this year is going to be hard. Oh, when Shaq was talking about that, he said mm-hmm. exactly what everybody was thinking, but... Yeah. It seems selfish to kind of say the world will never get to see that now, but I more so think of... So you and I, in Philly fans in general, we watched Brandi Halliday mm-hmm. do that for, yeah. for Roy this year, and I think I think she did a wonderful job, but I definitely feel like it... Not that she didn't do it justice. That's not it at all. That mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't do justice, his career, because I can't imagine how hard that would be. And mm-hmm. I think she did an excellent job given the circumstances. Yeah, exactly, and I yeah. thought it was beautiful what she did. Um, but it's, you know, that one thing that you'll never get to hear Roy Halladay talk about his career and what he did and, you know, what that Hall of Fame meant well, to and, him personally. And this is, I mean, magnify that pressure by a thousand. Exactly. And like exactly like what Shaq was saying, like, he was saying how he's never going to be able to like basically bust his balls like and joke around with him and do all that. Like yeah. Vanessa can say the most beautiful speech ever. And I'm sure she will, if she does decide to speak at it, but like, it's just not the same relationship and connection that everybody has. It's right. a different view on it. Oh you know? yeah. hundred percent. And it's also, you know, not only is there the different view, it's also, you know, it, it takes something that should be such a celebration and such a happy, positive time. And, 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 Obviously, this it's the right thing to do mm-hmm. to put him in the yeah. Hall of Fame this year. First ballot, no questions. Go Which right he would have been anyway. Right. You know, for, for the other guys that are going to be going in this year, Kevin Garnett and some of the other – that you know, it, it totally changes the whole tone of it yeah. for everyone else as well. It's it's just unfortunate that, you know, additionally, as awful as this whole – this entire tragedy is and, you know, these families have to rebuild their lives and figure out how to kind of pick up the pieces and put them together, it's just, you know, it, it's – in terms of Kobe, it's going to be such a long time. This pain's not going to wear off. Oh, no. And this is going to kind of, this has rattled, obviously, the basketball community. Um, and it's really it's really rattled the whole world. Yeah, for sure. And that's the craziest thing about it. Even people that aren't sports fans are mourning the loss of it. You know, it's just, it's what you said earlier. Like, everybody can relate to, like, imagining if they would lose a husband a father a sister like anything a mother because their mother's there like yep it literally can affect everybody in a way like everybody can picture it someone can identify with this and someone can relate to this and like someone this is personal to everybody in some kind of way yeah and i think that's why it's it's so crazy i mean we we talked about michael jackson earlier everyone remembers where they are michael Mm -hmm. jackson died but you know, Michael Jackson was, was troubled. He had addictions and he, you know, he, it was a shock to everybody and everybody felt it personally. Yeah. But this is so unbelievably, I mean, the, the tragedy level of this and the awful way that it happened and the families involved, it's just, it's, it's, you know, for me personally, my parents were in Mexico when it happened. An hour after it happened, they were getting on a plane to come home. 
Yeah. I've never been so terrified for my parents to text me and be like, hey, we're boarding. We'll text you when we land. Love you. I've never felt sheer panic mm-hmm. like I did when they told me, you know, because you don't think about that. You don't want to think about that. Yeah, no. And it just, I mean, it, it hits home for everybody. And, you know, the sports community will continue to mourn the loss of not only Kobe, but the the couple um, young basketball players on there and the coaches that were on there and the parents that were on there of players and athletes. And, and the pilot. And the pilot as well. And, it, you know, it it's going to be a while until they completely finish conducting the investigation and, and have a complete report. But, you know, for the meantime, our, our thoughts and prayers completely go out to all the families involved. And, you know, I, I hope that the media can leave these families alone enough for them to take their time to, to grieve the way they can. Yeah. No person should find out that a loved one has been lost through Twitter or through a magazine report. It's, it's yeah. not, you know, it, that's not how the world should be. Nobody should be able to just toss random reports out there on a national news network and just toss them against the wall and see if they stick. I, I mean, the way that this was handled in the media initially was... Yeah, I mean, uh, that was... Awful. That was ridiculous. So just everybody's need to try to be first was outrageous. First, it came out that it was Kobe, and then it came out that it was his four daughters. All and then four were on there, all yeah. All four. Like, and then Rick Fox. Yeah, like, it just, it was very, very poor on their part. Yeah. It was, it was poor handling, and the, the police didn't even get the chance to, to let the families know yet. Yeah. And it, I, I just, I can't even imagine. So I hope that people really do respect not just Vanessa Bryant and, the, and her daughters, but all of the families involved. Yeah, Vanessa them, did speak. Yeah. Or, like, not speak, but put out an Instagram post that was Which shattered my heart. Yeah. But, you know, we're we're going to kind of end there and just, you know, with all of our, our thoughts going out to all the families affected and, you know, praying that they, you know, they find peace in this somewhere and they're able to kind of continue with their lives and, there, nothing will be able to change this or replace the loved ones they lost, but, you know, hoping that, that they're able to kind of continue on and, and find the strength to do so. But, um, you know, we're going to end our episode there. So thank you to Bleeding Green Nation and, and SB Nation for hosting our show as always. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, follow on, on social media. Share your thoughts on your stories about, you know, your personal feelings about Kobe Bryant, what he meant to you, whether you be an athlete or not. Um, continue to share all the girl dad posts because they are definitely in, in such a terrible time. They're extremely heartwarming to see everyone posting stories about, you know, their daughters or their dads. It's, it's really, you know, a a positive thing to see in a timeline that's full of, you know, sadness and, and negative things. So thank you again for listening to the, this week's episode. We'll be back next week. Maybe the Eagles will have an offensive coordinator (laughs) by then. I'm not even saying it anymore. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Who knows, but we are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. BGN.